0: Hey everyone! Uh, welcome to the latest episode of the Daniel Energy Par- Partners In Basin Observations podcast. With me today, I've got John Daniel and Bob Stanton. Good and, to be here, uh, Bill Austin. As always, we are missing Sean Mitchell this week, unfortunately, but he'll be back for our next one. Don't forget, we're in the Fletch Azul Tequila studio. That yeah. I was getting there. That we got to promote the Fletch Azul um, it's Tequila. It's good stuff. It's good. It's it it. good stuff. Yeah. Sean is uh, up in
1: Appalachia looking at frack equipment right now. So I'm taking the week off from traveling and he is the designee this week. Cool man.
0: Yeah. It feels like there's always going to be one of us. I feel like traveling, which is good. It'll give us the the data that we need. Yeah. Okay. Awesome. Well, you know, with that, why don't we just, you know, kind of get right into it. We've done our little intro. Um, like John said, he's back from another trip so why don't we talk a little bit about what you guys saw on your last trip to the Permian and then we'll kind of get into it from there.
1: Yeah so last couple weeks uh, two weeks ago we stopped by Fort Worth did a pit stop at the Doug Permian Eagleford uh, did some meetings up there and then went on to Oklahoma for meetings in Oklahoma and then uh, last week spent four days over in Midland Uh, and I would say that the uh, the mood is it's it's good uh, in terms of activity is is robust relative to where it was. Uh, we, there are a lot of similar themes that come out of each of these meetings. Uh, labor is by far the biggest talking point in terms of the challenges finding people. You, you, you keep hearing from lots of folks that uh, they have more work but they don't have the people to go get that work. Uh, so that's that is a concern. Uh, The inflationary cost pressures are starting to be uh, a challenge for some of the companies. And so that's always a problem because while oil service pricing is now starting to go up, there's a lag effect. And so that's eating into some margins. But uh, overall, people are relatively upbeat just given where we've been. Uh, The COVID concerns are uh, picking up. And uh, that was something we wrote about this past week, uh, frankly, a lot of the companies, I don't think were expecting the sharp uptick in in, in illnesses. Yeah, and I don't so think what, any of us were, So what's really? the game plan? And that, that was a big talking point, which is, okay, what happens if, you know, person on frack crew or drilling crew gets sick? You know, do you, uh, how do you handle it? Do people go into quarantine? Do you shut it down? How long you shut down? Um, And I don't think we really have an an answer, and the challenge is it goes back to the labor. There's not a lot of people on the bench that can fill in. And so will this surge in cases be, you know, a headwind for activity, potentially? So we'll see. Limit production growth. Yeah, Um, but broadly speaking, we can dig into this in a second, but uh, sort of stabilizing to slightly higher completion activity, while the rig count is gonna continue to outperform a lot of anecdotes from about private EMPs continuing to add rigs. They've been the big driver yep. uh,
0: since the bottom, and they're going to continue to be the big driver over the next couple quarters. Yeah. I think we're going to get into that in a minute, yeah. but like, look, the big three all reported earnings last week and they made that same kind of observation on the side. The privates I think they are the driver. Yeah. yeah. Um, and so on your drive-bys, John, anything, you know, any, any peeping Tom kind of things that you saw? yeah i think the uh uh, we do you know always always like to drive by and uh sort of what i like to say
1: is gently trespass um you know went by some of the refurb shops just to see how busy they are and uh, generally speaking in the past if i go by shops and the bay doors are closed and the parking lots are empty that's generally a sign that there's not much going on uh and then when the parking lots are full and the bay doors are open and you can see equipment in the bay doors that's a sign that things are picking up and sure enough we saw that in oklahoma uh we saw that out in midland and uh and so that's a you're starting to see the the clear signs of an uptick in maintenance activity which is needed you know we hear a lot about the fleet attrition yep. uh you know the other things that we picked up on we well we went to an auction another auction oh in yeah that's City. Right. um and uh, this time w- there was three fleets from the old bj equipment being sold and uh yeah now the equipment wasn't on site it was being some of it was in north dakota if i remember correctly and others were i think in, in louisiana i don't or no there was up in appalachia but the point is you know they tried to package the fleets to be sold as a you know a package by yep. fleet one by fleet two by fleet three and there wasn't anybody that really stepped up to want to buy an entire fleet uh so all of the stuff was sold piecemeal mm-hmm. and valuations were relatively low sort of sub two million dollars per fleet if you just totaled it up um And so that's, you know, that's one anecdote I found was interesting. And then the other thing that is we drive around and meet some of the companies. Uh, There are still expansionary efforts underway. We are seeing new, uh, you know, new wireline company pop up. And I'll talk about that in a few weeks. Uh, I believe there'll be another frack company starting up here uh, early next year. And so, you know, despite some of the pricing pressures and margins that seem a bit, Inferior, at least on paper. uh, There's still the entrepreneurial spirit is alive and well, and so people that can invest in new technology believe they've got to have a competitive advantage, and so they're moving forward.
0: So, you think any of those, you know, the, the the spreads that were sold piecemeal. What do you think? Do you think those get? as a full spread like are they just kind of picking off the pieces what do you think it was this one
1: that? was interesting so you get to a lot of i've been to a lot of different auctions over the last yeah. s- several years uh this particular one uh there weren't many people present in the room most in fact virtually all of the bidding was done online okay so i couldn't see who was bidding but they would say okay this pump's going to you know uh texas this one's going to louisiana we had you know, there was one uh, cementing uh, package or unit that went to New Hampshire, which was kind of, that caught me off guard. I was like, who's the buyer in New Hampshire? That's weird. Um, so it was really hard to tell who was the buyer. Um, so I don't have much color, but then when I was at an auction a couple months ago in Bossier city, it was more populated. Yep. And so you could kind of see people raising their hands. Again, the challenge for me at that auction is, you know, I wish everyone would just wear like the name tag that says I'm with XYZ company. <laughs> then I would know who it is. Uh, Those cool looking shirts that everyone's but got. As I, yeah. I talked to people post the auction, it's, it, my sense was that it was, you know, sort of mom and pops buying one easy twosies of units. Yep. Uh, or maybe some refurb shops building some units that they'll clean up and then try to resell and flip it. So hard to see a discernible trend there other than it didn't. No one just came in and bought one or two fleets right. and you're like oh, ah yeah. this guy's going into business yeah so um trying to think what else has jumped out at me
0: uh again come back to the rig count right Oh, we can, do you want to do the rig count now or do we want to do that after we talk about the big three doesn't matter what do, what you, do you guys think? let's hit earnings and we'll come back to the rig count. all right sounds good yeah so i uh you know we we've just
1: started earnings season. Yep. And by the time this comes out, we'll be knee deep in earnings season because we got a lot coming out tomorrow and Thursday. Yeah. But as you noted earlier, uh, you know Baker, how Schlumberger reported, you all said FTI, uh, Precision Drilling reported, uh, uh, DMC. DMC Global reported. And then just last night, Range Resources put out their earnings release. I didn't have a chance to listen to the call, but I did read the, the press release and look at their slide deck. And again, my big picture takeaways is what they talked about on their earnings call is largely consistent with what we've been seeing in the field. And if you look at some of the guidance, it would suggest that. So, I mean, basically our messaging has been the last couple months that look for completion activity to stabilize, Mm -hmm. look for the rig count to go higher. Mm -hmm. And again, just sort of doing the monkey math, but if you look at say Halliburton, their CMP division Their revenue was up 10 percent quarter over quarter in q2 the guidance is up high single digits right their drilling and evaluation was up five percent in q2 guided up three to five percent now we just did the math on this just to make sure we weren't wrong but uh the guys at dmc global their revenues were up 18 percent quarter over quarter in q2 guided to be up nine percent in q3 at the midpoint Um, and then when you look at uh, baker hughes i think they they called for their north american segment to be similar results as q2 which was yep. up, up about seven percent and i don't remember That's off right. the top of my head with the fti and the uh and the uh schlumberger guidance was i know precision pretty upbeat on their rig count guidance at least for, certainly for canada uh and showing continued gains in the u.s as well and uh certainly had
0: better pricing data points coming from precision on the rig side yeah and then Schlumberger again yeah. just like you were saying Schlumberger and Hal, you know along those lines anticipate the growth rate to moderate right they were very much like hey they've had these nice jumps from q1 to q2 right so they're happy about that but they've all been very you know even keeled when it comes to the second half of this year
1: yeah and then and bob's gonna jump here in a second but the one thing if like if you looked at the range resources press release again i haven't listened to the call yet Mm -hmm. but they did uh talk about where their budget was and they've outspent their budget through the first half of the year. Yep. I want to say it's like 230 ish million spent. I think they year- said
2: 52 percent. Yeah. So it. and then it's gonna okay. and then,
1: but they said 52 percent or so of the budget. But one thing that they know I noticed in there, they've spent under budget the last three years. Yep. And they're planning on that's something it again. that they've highlighted. And okay. it, it seemed to me that well they might want to spend under again. again for the fourth year. It's uh, so, uh, and then when you look at the the, the wells that are to be completed uh, it steps down. I think they did 25 or like 25 wells were brought online in Q2. And if i memory serves correct, they're going to do 18 in the back half of the year. So, and that's consistent. I think you have, uh, you know, some of the Marcellus guys have talked about, um, activity slowing towards the end of the year. Yep. Budgetary reasons. And again, just out in Midland, when we, we were out there, uh, we saw, you know, again, our tally for the frack crew is around 97 in the Permian. And, uh, activity is likely flattish So, Tom, do you
2: want to expand on how you get to your fleet count? Yeah,
1: it, it's it's uh what we try to do. I mean, it's not it's not 100% scientific, but we reach out to industry contacts. And we first for some of the frac companies will just tell us what their frac crew counts are. Yep. Uh and then in other cases we'll reach out to sand providers, wireline providers, EMP providers, chemical providers, sort of the mosaic theory to try to arrive, you know, what is the unit count? buy frat company and and if we can buy emp it's it's never going to be 100% right, right that's right um, but uh and, and and also an active fleet doesn't necessarily mean that it's a working fleet because uh, an active fleet could be moving between jobs it could be down for you know a couple First. of days so when it, if if you say if if like we talk about the us active fleet count being call it 215 yeah the effective fleet is actually lower than that what's working right. and mm-hmm. so i think that's an important distinction but we really try to do uh,
0: a bottoms-up view, Bob, as opposed to the top-down. Right. So, and then what did you? And so for the Permian, in your note uh, on Sunday, you had right around ninety-seven. I think that that was that's, what we came back yeah. with. Again, I say plus or minus two, plus or minus three. That's right.
1: I'm not, you know, going to bet my kids on it. Um, but it's uh, you know, we try to
2: do a good job. You wouldn't bet your kids on that, not yet. <laughs> maybe they're. Li- you wouldn't bet their lives, but no. you, would bet, you would bet them for like a buck, right? yeah. maybe something like that. But.
1: But no, it, but that's the, the important thing is, um, you know, you look at the rig count rising, yeah. which it has to rise because it's come off been so low. So. And and I it, it, and I don't have the duck numbers handy today, but we know they've been bled down. That's we right. know yeah. we got to replenish the drill. We got to get back to drilling. And so I think there's going to be a disconnect here. And, you know, we started to see it already. I think it continues.
0: Right and look the the drilling uh, on Friday Baker Hughes uh, rig count four seventy three I think is the right. number that I saw, that's that's a big increase over the two thirty kind of at the bottom at the bottom it it is and and I think you know
1: that when you, we talk to the private E and P companies and again we're not going to name them on this podcast but you know you got one guy going from one rig to three one from four to six one from one to two one from zero to one those are big percentage changes yeah. Uh, yep. and then even as we talk to some of the bigger, uh, you know, EMP companies, what they're looking at for rig additions, which you would say they're going they might be up 30 ish yep. percent yep. or so. So I still feel pretty good about the rig count. Uh, I also think that you're seeing, this is something, again, we talked about this months ago, but I, the rig count would rise towards the end of the year right. as people mm-hmm. try to secure rigs yep. before 2022. Mm-hmm. And I think that's what's playing out. And so we updated with the private MP just this week. One of our peers did, Sean did. Mm -hmm. And uh, they're seeing increases in their day rates from anywhere from four to $6,000 a day. Okay. Precision talked about leading edge day rates of $20,000 a day. We heard that out in Midland as well. So we're starting to see that pricing inflection. Yeah, Yeah. as
2: as you've listened to the calls, what have been the big discrepancies or similarities between the calls and what you're seeing in the field? I think one of the greater
1: similarities would be, say, with Halliburton talking about the demand for low emission equipment. Yeah. Yep. And that's something, and we, you know, if you, if you go back and look just at the history of recent announcements in the last six months, and, you know, sometimes you say, so that's a data point, that's one, two, but you start adding up, you're like, wait, this is the clear trend. You have BJ that has four emission friendly fleets under a take or pay contract. You've seen the announcement from US Well and Profrac. Uh, U.S. Wells is going to build at least three fleets. I think ProFrac has the option for as many as 20. I don't know exactly what it'll be. Let's just take some time. Let's yeah. just be conservative and say three. Uh, we have a couple of our private friends that we know are building fleets. Uh, I would assume that Halliburton would be building fleets. Mm-hmm. It would be logical. Yeah, uh, We ran into somebody today that is not building, but they were uh, very big numbers thrown our way in terms of Tier 2 to Tier 4 DGB conversions. That's right. Conversions. So, and then I thought what really jumped out is Halliburton talked about a customer day they had uh, up in Duncan. Yeah. Yep. And I think they said that they had 40 EMP companies represented to come tour and learn about their emission-friendly solutions. We have been to the next year, they did a day uh, out at their headquarters and had all of the equipment there. NOVs done a couple days. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm just I'm probably forgetting a few people because we're sitting here in a studio. Yeah. yeah. But the point is, we've starting to see all these data points, and I thought that when that Halliburton made the comment about 40 EMPS, that's when it's like, okay, maybe we're at herd mentality now, yeah. where yeah. the momentum is now at play. And you know, when you look at the supply of electric fleets, most of the stuff that's out there today is under contract. Yep. Most of the Tier four DGB or Tier four drill fuel is accounted for that's a really, really tight market. Mm-hmm. And and I would suspect as we go through earnings season and the E&P companies start talking here in the next week or two, even more discussion about ESG. Yep. Yes. And how do we go net carbon, you know, net zero carbon emissions and all of that good stuff. And so, you know, uh, it really does feel like there's an opportunity for the frack market to inflect. Right. Yeah. And look, we've been talking F- about- From a price standpoint on it, the emission-friendly equipment. Right,
0: and you've been talking about this now for a very long time. Yeah. We've been talking about it all year, really. Yeah. Um, and that's going to start making – you're seeing the difference in the commentary on the, from the public guys and from the private guys. Right. So whether or not we start seeing the full data come out, it's, it's there. Yeah. yeah.
2: There definitely seem to be areas. I mean, I was interested, listening to Baker's call, and this is a quote, and he was talking about North American service, and he said, When you look at 2022, again, we anticipate solid growth with the prices holding at the range they are now right but similar to this year we expect some of the privates to be active in these prices but some of the publics will continue to be increasing modestly yep but i think it was interesting that basically they're not modeling for any price increases so clearly you know when you get to efrac there have to be price increases
1: i think there are i mean like when i was out in midland and you know you pick up anecdotes and you don't always necessarily know where the starting point is right yeah okay so it's you know it's directional and uh you know you can you can be dangerous you can make mistakes on it but you know one of the contacts said yeah they had just you know seen about a low double digit price increase come across the bow on the frack services again don't know where it started from yep and, 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 but then I talked to another frat contact who's like, yeah, we're out there raising rates, but we're still below the pre COVID pricing. So there's
2: still, yeah, I heard there's yeah. still yeah.
0: some, you know, more to go. Yeah. Increase from where, increase and is that where? still below even 2020 pricing? Yeah. Or early 2020 pricing, I should say. And that's just really hard to get out of anybody. It it, yeah. it it is hard, but the point is it's now it's a consistent refrain
1: from most service companies that they are now pushing yep. for pricing. And so, and
2: uh so, I, and they need it. So. Well, see, the, the other thing that struck me from listening, to the, reading the public calls, I didn't listen to them, yeah. but the fact that they're generating so much cash with lower revenues now. And Schlumberger said, you know, their goal was to have their, get their, rev, uh, uh, excuse me, get their yeah. EBITDA back to 2019 levels right, with half the revenue growth. Yeah. Right. Um, and some of these things are generating over, I think day was over a billion in free cash. Baker was right around a billion I can't yep. remember where Halliburton was, but the
0: yeah. Well, they're all they're they're all you know. People talked about this, or you know, not just John, but you know, anyone in the industry talked about. Hey, you got to generate cash flow as a as a service company. Right. And in the last year, they've kind of come to that point where you know, obviously bad things pushed it, but they're all pushing to generate free cash flow. Yeah,
1: I mean, there's the the, the fat has been trimmed. Yep.
0: And and they're
1: watching you know their capex the spend like a. Like a hawk. Yes. Yeah. So, uh, but I think when it comes to the free cash flow, the real story will be when we see the E&P companies report again Yep. and how much they're going to blow people away with the free cash flow generation. Uh, And so, but but then ultimately the question is, what do you do with it? Um, That's right. You know, Baker was asked that on their call, if I'm not mistaken. They said, absolutely. Very noncommittal. Yeah, which is smart. Um, We know the E&P companies, it's reduced debt. Buybacks, well, pay dividends or fund the variable dividend right. and Given other m- cases, money back to investors. Buyback. And yep. so, and that's the thing too. And I think this capital discipline narrative, you know, we're we, everybody now gets it. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's why it's hard to see the public, our public friends on the EMP side, inflect higher uh, with yep. significance in Q3, Q4. I just right. don't see it. Uh, but when they have the opportunity to reset budgets for 2022, yes. Is it plus, you know, I think most of the sell side's modeling. Again, Sean's got these numbers. So I think it's like plus 15, plus 20% year-over-year yeah. in e p capital spending. Again, we don't have a model. The investment
2: mo- rates will still be very modest, so because, modest. That's right. because of the higher commodity yeah. prices. And, and so we, as everyone
1: know, hopefully everyone knows, we don't model companies. Um, that's not our job. We let our sell-side friends do that. But just, you know, where is my gut? think yep. it's going to be north of 20%. Yeah. Again, and that's what the the caveats like OPEC Plus doesn't do something stupid. Covid doesn't get significantly worse, but right. and, and, which, by the way, is weighing on oil prices again today. I mean, we see the cases keep going up, so right. yeah. uh, that's our caveat on it.
0: But all right, well, all right, we've kind of hit the big three, big and ten. and you know, and some of the other guys. Anything else we want to touch on uh, from the from the start of um, earnings season? Uh, I mean, in terms
1: of the, I didn't really think that there was any major revelations on the earnings calls thus far. I mean, I, I think one of the things that I've been excited to see uh, heading into earnings was just some of the announcements with some of the M&A. Yep. Not big deals in service, but some small ones on the wireline side, we've seen it, uh, you know, in little stuff, like, and there's a tiny deal where Precision moved its uh, directional drilling business, uh, Cathedral, which is a, a Canadian company. Yep now has the drilling directional drilling business for precision again it's not a needle mover for precision but it's that the way I look at it is you know it's probably not their core competency and we know a lot of companies in the oil service sector have lots of little businesses <coughs> that, right. that aren't core competency that probably don't really fit in there and I think we'd be kind of need to see a, a cleansing if you will. It'd mm-hmm. be better for the industry and 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 again, I think the uh, we, we heard it at the Telluride event, uh, you know some of the bankers that presented, again they didn't name names but they were very outspoken i think about second half MA activity picking
2: up that's right uh so that's something to be watching out for um i thought halliburton was pretty bullish on north american pricing i thought that was well one they of them. that's fair that that's a good yeah. point they especially they, compared to baker different business
1: because they're referring right. i think more to the frack side yeah yeah but uh but yeah they went from you know basically now saying net pricing increases mm-hmm. going forward which is good i did note that the and, and clearly you heard positive pricing momentum from precision which is consistent with what we've seen from the land drillers uh, and then you know, again reading the transcript for uh dmc global they talked about they had put forth an effort to raise rates i think five percent in q2 didn't quite get there and if i remember correctly from the the q a uh, they said they, they, they got like a net 1.7 percent of that. So yeah, that's kind of telling. That's looking back, right? You know, but I think the pricing was a little maybe harder to come by. Yeah, that's, that's right. how I'm interpreting their statement and their answer to their question.
2: Uh, so the uh, offshore segment seemed to be okay. Uh, yeah,
0: they seem to be thinking that's that's coming back.
2: Yeah, it was, I mean, uh, Slumberjay One Sub C was had a one and a half book to bill. FTIs was around one. Um, you know, I don't have the model, so I don't know exactly what's what. But um, that those were their comments. So um, I was surprised to see that that they're starting to see resurgence right. activity.
1: And we've got a uh, a few more minutes on this one because I have yep. to jump to a conference call. It just came in to me. Uh, oh, good. I want a real quick wrap up with just some of the things that we got planned coming That's up. Right, yep. Perfect. And then I then I have to step out and I. That's how how we roll at DEP. Just yep. things pop up in the middle of podcasts. Um. <laughs> but we have a couple big things coming up. Uh, reception in Midland on yep. August 9th. That's right. And then we're gonna do a smaller reception in Houston for uh, our our post Q two wine and tapas reception on the 12th on the 12th and then we've got uh the big barbecue coming up yeah on that's right september 30th and uh and we've got right now about 60 companies that are now confirmed to cook yeah we just remeasured the property yesterday yesterday but we don't know we're going to sign all the pit spots here pretty soon but we'll get be blasting out registration emails probably within the next 7 to 10 days yep to folks and so it looks like it's going to be a pretty good event and we hope all of our Subscribers and our sponsors will look forward to seeing them there in Midland.
0: Yeah, and we hope that anyone that else that's interested in sponsoring, you know, gets in touch with with any one of us on the team. And, yeah. you know, we can talk about ways that, to get people involved if you're not cooking.
1: All right. Well, that's all all we got. We look forward to our next podcast. Unless you guys have anything else, we'll
0: cut it. Keep we're keeping these the sub 30 minutes going forward. Yeah, We're Keep. trying to get better at it. Yeah. So. <laughs> two things really you know again anyone that's listening you know please subscribe take a look give us some constructive feedback we're all we're all ears over here and we're excited to keep doing this and we're and you know next time we'll have sean he'll keep us a little on track as well and we'll get better at it all right we're trying yeah thank you all very much all right thanks thanks